welcome back to Let's Finally Watch It, a movie podcast where we watch a movie you saw a long time ago, but one or both of us have not. I am Lauren Blair Donovan. And I'm Clark Canez. And today, after a little bit of shuffling around, we are going to be watching Magnolia, mm-hmm. which was not, it was on the schedule for later this month, but for reasons we shifted around. Uh, kind of logistically, it, it, it is a long movie. We it's longer than Avatar. Yeah, it's three three hours, eight minutes. So we might Is this have our longest? Godfather, say probably, yeah. Godfather was long, but we also found the service that had commercials, which made it oh, even longer. Oh my God. That, okay, yeah, that so, feels like the longest, even so if I think it's t- not. Yeah, I don't know if the runtime was yeah. the same, but it was like a four-hour movie for us when all was said and done. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, this one will probably have to have an intermission or whatever, but yeah. yeah. I have not but seen ha- it. Right, you haven't seen it. You have, but something interesting came up while we were trying to figure out what we were doing. And because I was asking about like, there's some stuff going on in my life and Clark was nice enough to be like, oh, it's a little heavy. And we were trying to figure out the trigger warnings and you discovered you don't really remember the movie very well because you saw it only in theaters. Is that correct? I'm pretty certain I only watched it in the theater. I even remember who I watched it with. And it was 1999, and I was like, oh, my God. It does feel like... But I know who I saw it with, and it was also a high school friend. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense that I would have seen it with this person. I feel like I don't remember much about it. Yeah. Like, when we were... When I was trying to explain to you what may potentially be a trigger mm-hmm. warning is I had... Only, I, I like I was reading, you know, the parental guidance and it was like, oh, drug use and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK, I don't rem- I that that's yeah, I, I don't really remember right. the details of it. And it's just ba- sad because I do. It is one of I think I may have seen this P.T. Anderson movie before I saw Boogie Nights. Funny mm. enough, because I think Boogie Nights was about I think it was oh, 97. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was only like two years before this one. So. Um, but I think like, yeah, I think w- I saw Magnolia first for sure. And then I watched Boogie Nights outside of theater, mm-hmm. obviously, because I think I was too young to watch Boogie Nights, of course. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. No, totally. It's funny how like there's a lot of movies that I've watched and genuinely enjoyed. But if I only saw it once, I don't remember it super vividly after a lot of time or yeah. even with 200 cigarettes, which I had seen a few times. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it in probably a decade. And right. I remember being so excited, but also like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not as good as I remember. or Maybe it's, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. So, yeah, exactly. And I think with that one, uh, uh, the same you could say about both of those movies or 200 cigarettes is along with this movie is you remember i remember the cast mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I remember i mean it's william h macy julianne moore it's basically boogie nights a sequel like yeah. casting wise john c Riley's <laughs> right. in it awesome tom cruise is in it but he's really good in it oh he's gonna be our sec he's gonna enter our second time club because we had jerry Maguire. oh jerry Maguire, yeah yeah and so he's yeah. okay okay so this is around the same time oh ish wait when is jerry Maguire? 94 five i think oh never mind okay I mean, it's not that far mind. off but yeah, yeah, yeah mid versus late 90s but yeah i think there probably are some other two-timers we're probably going to get on this probably because the cast is huge and it doesn't focus on one story that's what i remember mm. so there's a lot of different pockets of stories and i know it, it will be interesting for me to watch this as well yeah. because a i don't remember it and b i do remember being like wow that was really deep and I don't know, sometimes I've come back to things like that and I'm like, yeah. oh, that wasn't that deep. 
Well, especially when you're in high school or college, you mm-hmm. know, like every, yeah. everything is probably deeper than what you know. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're an old soul, which I think both of us were in right. certain regards. But like, yeah, sometimes you just do a little bit of growing and you're like, oh, that was a pool I could stand in. I wouldn't have sunk like I, yeah. my head wouldn't have been under. Maybe it wasn't shallow, but it wasn't. Yeah. The deepest pool either. It was before I took like any philosophy classes right. or whatever. I mean, I guess, you know, high school philosophy, but like, yeah. Uh, so I think, I think it'll be interesting to see how that does translate. And I, I remember it being really powerful. And I, and like I was saying before, I loved the soundtrack. It was mostly Amy Mann doing the soundtrack mm. and John Bryan. I, I, I really remember liking that. And, and then again, I think it will hold up for me hopefully and and hopefully it will be good for you because I do think that I don't think there's been a movie that P.T. Anderson has made that I didn't like. Mm. I know a lot of people were kind of like iffy on Phantom Thread, but I actually really like, that might be one of my favorite ones. And I know that Boogie Nights is like your favorite movie, right? It's one of my, like top five for sure. Yeah. And then so this will be your second. Yeah, because I have, I don't think. I don't think I even clocked it. I, I've only in recent years started to better pay attention to like different directors, you know, and like mm-hmm. what movies I've seen of theirs and stuff. Um, that's just not something I was super plugged into before I entered the industry is probably the best way to put that. And I think it was in a conversation with you where you were listing a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I haven't. I don't think I, I think I have only seen Boogie Nights, yeah. uh, which kind of surprises me. But. Punch Drunk Love you didn't see? I, weirdly, no. Oh, okay. I need to see that one. That's with Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. That was like his big dramatic debut, so right? Good. Yeah, so I, good. I heard it was awesome. Yeah. I don't know how I missed... I mean, I didn't know that was P.T. Anderson. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how I missed that one. Magnolia, mm-hmm. I don't think I knew was a movie for a while. Like, I think it just flew under yeah, my radar. Sure. Like, just was just young enough to not pick up on it i think when it was released and i only watched boogie nights because my friend casey when i visited her in atlanta she rented it and was like this is what we're watching tonight oh that's a weird party movie well i mean it was just her and i i was just visiting her for the week and it was just like we had an in night you know watching a movie and yeah making brownies and that kind of thing and i was surprised how much i liked it because i didn't know a lot going in i knew it was like about the porn industry but I was like, I don't know. And I I love it so much. I can watch it on a loop. Like it Mm -hmm. never gets old to me. So I'm optimistic, but I'm cautious because I don't want to like, you don't even mean to you know, I want to make sure I don't want to set my hopes up too high. But what's funny is I have absolutely no idea what this is about. I don't have any idea what the genre is. I don't know what the plots are. I don't know what any of the characters represent, like the Mm -hmm. actors that you named. I have no idea. Like there's no visual reference Mm -hmm. that's coming into my brain. Like this is one of the more flying blind movies Mm -hmm. for me that we've done. Right. Yeah. And, and that does make sense. I feel like in a lot of ways, this was kind of like an Oscar baby. Uh huh movie too uh, out of out of all of ptn i mean i guess all of them are so good i mm-hmm. don't think that he's intentionally making an oscar baby but it's just like oh it's a you know with i think with there are certain directors where i'm like oh this is a film you know it's right. not a movie it is a film. It's cinema <laughs> yeah this is true cinema and um so i think it'll be good for me to revisit that yeah and see if that uh, wide-eyed wonder that I had. Yeah, it'll be. An int- I'm, I'll be curious to see what 
aged well with it for you versus yeah. what you forgot maybe entirely right. or, or or whatnot and and it's kind of it, it it's really interesting to me because this is one of the only movies maybe this and punch drunk love one of the few pt anderson movies that isn't at a different time period so oh um, so this was taking place in 99 i i'm pretty certain that okay. it was contemporary and um because obviously Boogie Nights seventies, Phantom Thread is nineteen fifties, I think, and there will be blood that was like early nineteen hundreds and so it'll be kind of cool to see Inherent Vice, yeah, with seventies and And the Master. Oh my god, I forgot about the Master. I actually really like the Master because mm. that's about Scientology. Ooh, so hello. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because you said Tom Cruise, Mr. Scientology himself, is in Magnolia. So yeah, I do. I actually do kind of wonder about that because that that would have definitely been a different. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have definitely like been off-putting for him. But it is kind of just like yeah, it's loosely based on yeah. What's his name? The captain. Oh, the L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, L. yeah. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Um, question like. So I've only seen one PTA movie, but I feel like he and Cohen brothers share like a lot of DNA. I think so. Where it's like a drama, like they're drama, they they do dramedy. It's like dramas, but they're kind of funny, exactly. like hilarious, actually. Like, yeah, it's it's true, and you know, I think there's some that are less. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a spectrum. I don't think there will be blood is that funny, mm-hmm. but like just stellar performances in that. Um, but yeah, to the point where even like thinking about Inherent Vice right now, I still, I, I'm trying to, I want to say that that's P.T. Anderson, but it might be the Coen brothers because of the tone of that movie, uh, in my head. So like, yeah, they, they share a lot of DNA. Yeah. I I think it's in the same vein at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well that, I mean, that makes me excited because I tend to like most movies that I've seen from the Coen brothers Mm -hmm. and... Yeah. I like Boogie Nights, obviously. So right. I'm optimistic. I'm just tr- not trying to like blow up my own spot and be like, I can't fucking wait. My fo- foaming at the mouth and then set yeah. myself up for disappointments. So. I know, I know. Especially being like three hours. I'm like, I think it was like one of my one of the first movies I think I had ever seen that was like that long. Yeah, I can't remember any others, but yeah, it's funny. I don't mind me a two hour movie, even a little bit more than that. But like over two and a half hours it's like okay this could have been a miniseries <laughs> could have been episodic like did that have to be in the theaters <laughs> like, yeah well depending on yeah i can't really think of any movies that are like three hours long really so um yeah i don't know what to compare it to i guess godfather or whatever mm-hmm. was that was that really three hours i think it was okay. pre- we'll check okay, we'll yeah. check but it was but, yeah. It was pretty daunting, whatever the runtime was, plus the commercials. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think this one has a lot of humor in it. More, I what I remember, uh, I think Punch Drunk, is, Drunk Love is probably the funniest movie that mm-hmm. T. Anderson never did. So yeah, I think it will hold. And there's so many stories. I think it makes it feel like it a shorter Faster. movie. To That's be honest. Cool. Shall we? Shall we watch yeah, it? Yeah, we finally? shall watch it. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll be, be back. back. Bye. Eighteen thousand hours later, we are yeah, back. Seriously, <laughs> what did you think? 
I so uh, I'm gonna go back to like mm-hmm. I had seen this before. Yeah. I think I forgot a lot of it, a lot of a good portion mm-hmm. of it, to be honest, except for the frogs, which was the plot twist I never saw coming. Exactly, wow. <laughs> and that is unforgettable. You know what though? Post pandemic, now I'm like not saying that they predicted, mm-hmm. but but it's just whatever was going on in your life, yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And then you just had to deal with it, you know? Well, I think anything surreal that mm-hmm. feels far-fetched mm-hmm. doesn't feel as far-fetched exactly. post-pandemic. Is that what yeah. you're saying, kind yeah. of? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, technically this is like an act of God. Right. The, the, it, it's yeah. Because there was a, a point when the kid jumped uh, at the beginning when they're doing the intro, when the kid jumps off. Mm-hmm. And there's there's 82 82 littered mm-hmm. throughout it and that's exodus, exodus yeah. yeah and i'm like oh shoot like that's pretty crazy but anyways um going back to it yeah yeah i didn't remember a lot of it i do remember like just the powerful performances mm-hmm. and just a murderer's row of great actors sure an insane well group. iconic actors amongst iconic actors yeah. like they're kind of tour de forces it's not like oh that's a good cast it's an iconic cast yeah (laughs) staggeringly so and and also with that they also get their their own moment to shine yeah all of them yeah i i thought it was i thought it was good i thought it was it's definitely not fun (laughs) like it's (laughs) it's not a fun movie um and i kind of knew that i guess Mm -hmm. going in like it's not necessarily a fun movie but yeah what did you think i mostly liked it i think it's one of those movies i would have a more firm opinion on if I saw a second time just because there was so much happening like the first hour I was a little checked out like I wasn't not having it I wasn't having a miserable time but I was just like it was like jarring every time someone came back on screen I was like oh right that's also happening in this movie or just trying to familiarize myself with like the first time they were on screen there's just so much happening you know um but it feels like it'd be a more fun watch upon a rewatch, like a more recent one than you had, of course. But yeah, yeah. If I watched it again in a month or a couple months from now, because uh, I could appreciate, because I appreciate Boogie Nights more every time I watch it. And granted, mm-hmm. I loved that the first time I saw it, but like there's just so much devil in the detail, you know, right, stuff that yeah. it's a whole world. And this clearly was a whole world. I think I missed some stuff just not knowing where stuff was going, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I don't know where this would rank for me, though. I think this is like maybe not as high up, but it's not middle necessarily yeah. either. It's just kind of somewhere between the middle and the top. Uh, I Like you said, I mean, the acting, it's so hard to be mad at. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Yeah, I think I'm processing. It's, yeah, I don't even know what to say almost. It, it just like I liked it, but I'm still, it was intense. Yeah. A lot going on, and we didn't know what was exactly going on. I, I started to suspect that um, the Claudia character did have mm-hmm. an abusive relationship with her dad. Yeah. Like, that I started to, maybe even, like, early on was like, mm, there's more to this story. Mm. This is not, children don't end up being cokeheads in a vacuum. Yeah. I, I know that it's not cool to blame the parents, but. In some cases, and in uh, in yeah. a lot of these cases, it, it is. Well, trauma you know. is inherited, and it doesn't yeah. always manifest identically to, like, how you received your trauma. But, you mm-hmm. know, behaviors can vary. Um, right. The, the funny thing is, I've never seen this, but I somehow knew the end Tom Cruise scene. 
I knew he went to his father's mm. bedside. I don't know if I've seen that clip somewhere. I don't know if I saw it in the background when like someone was watching a movie and I wasn't hanging like at my house growing up or something and I just saw that one scene. I can't I don't know why I knew that, but like when he was on stage at one point I'm like, "Oh no, he does go visit his dad in his yeah. final moments and i kind of remembered That's him being in the, i remembered him being in the hospital too like walking down that hallway i'm like i've seen that clip too so i don't know I, I watch a lot of video essays on movies so it's possible that that's what i know it from because i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't i definitely have not seen this movie but mm-hmm. i don't right. know somehow i saw that or the advertising yeah. or something i don't know i mean that, that that's totally possible like i watch like top 10 something yeah others and it oh it's a movie that i haven't seen but it, mm-hmm. yeah yeah or like i'm a big fan i think it's gone a little downhill if you ask me but not important but i like the youtube channel the take where they talk about different mm-hmm. archetypes or themes in movies or different cultural trends and that you just never know what you're signing up for when you click them. Yeah. Because you don't know what references they're going to pull. So I I've tend had, to not think, watch those because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't seen so much, I risk it because I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I want to learn about what this character really mean or what character types really mean. And mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. but it spoils stuff for me because I'm me and I haven't seen a lot. But yeah, you were right. Tom Cruise was really great. I have a theory that he does best when he's playing an unhinged character because yeah. he's exactly. he's so unhinged to me. Right. In general. So Mm -hmm. it's like having him lean into that works exceedingly well. Yeah. Because, I mean, you you like see those things fall apart with him. Mm -hmm. You see him so confident and, Mm -hmm. you know, so stupid. Like, (laughs) I, I think it was really interesting watching this when I was in high school. Yeah. Because... You know, I feel like, I mean, this came out, what, 1999? I think so, yeah. Yeah, this came out in, like, 1999. Classic Woodstock 99 era. Yeah, like, toxic masculinity was the thing. (laughs) And and I remember, oh, shit, like, yeah, I mean, you know, they're parodying and seeing how, like, dumb. Yeah. How just, and the thing is, like, this probably isn't as dumb as, like, some stuff that exists now, Mm -hmm. which is insane. Especially, like, thinking about, like, the incel mm-hmm. epidemic that we, the internet has, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was, but I just remember when I watched that, I was like, oh, my God, that's interesting. Like, they're totally lampooning, like, modern masculinity and stuff. And I'm so curious what the actual reference points were because two notes, like, one is it was razor thin fine line of parody and no really this is what this shit Mm -hmm. is like it was almost not even heightened to an extent i mean it kind of was like Mm -hmm. some of the expressions or something about like a cock and a cunt or but i forget what the wording was but there was definitely some graphic stuff that i don't think those pickup artists say Mm -hmm. but especially on a commercial right right that's fair that is fair did this stuff like infomercial pickup artist stuff exist in the 90s? Because my first knowledge was mystery. Remember that guy, the, the pickup artist with the soul I, patch? And, and yeah, I and that I was like mid yeah. 2000s. And I think he popped maybe early 2000s, but became like mainstream a few years later. So like this also exists. I mean, I know pickup artists to an extent have always mm-hmm. existed, but like, yeah, I, I, and I agree with you. I don't think like when this came out, mm-hmm. like I had known that also, I mean, I was yeah. a kid, you know, right. I always knew that there was always, 
I mean, just watching like sitcoms and stuff yeah. too at the yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. I do think that it's funny that they lampooned all that, and then like that's came became bigger afterwards. It was almost and, prophetic. Like they yeah. they the internet solidified this being real, right? More real than it may have been in exactly. 1999. That's so crazy. Yeah, and I just love when he is having that interview, mm-hmm. and I think the thesis of this whole movie is kind of like just be honest yeah the honesty will get you where you should be and stuff or it like won't that, be worse yeah. than where the dishonesty will get you exactly if nothing yeah else. definitely a lot of heavy stuff and yeah i everybody was so good julian Moore. i like, can when, she's definitely one of my favorite actresses yeah. like i've never seen her be weak and Mm-mm. she gives such dimension i think to any character mm-hmm. that she does yeah, and this movie, just her, like, frantic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, having guilt and yeah. dealing w- with that guilt. But it was such a different note than even her role in Boogie Nights because mm-hmm. she also had a lot of guilt and mm-hmm. was frantic energy, but she played it in a different temperature this time. Yeah. It wasn't Amber Waves part two. Mm-hmm. Different right. character entirely. Yeah. I mean, I think like all, except for maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman's character was similar-ish. Ish. I mean, a little different, but I mean, the softer character of the lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that part's similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We have a new two-timer, William H. Macy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, two new additions to that. And yeah, just, I, I, I really... Yeah, and this this movie is definitely one of those movies where it's and it's will stay or not stay with you, but it's something that you could will be thinking about. And yeah, if, you know, because I remember when I did watch this, I think because there's so much going on, that's why I don't remember it now. Of fair, course, fair. And I only watched it one time in the theater. Being it's also f- very adult themed. It's yeah, not like high school themed. Exactly. Yeah. So I think if I would have watched this, yeah, in my twenties, that I would have mm-hmm. been like, oh, okay, okay, I got this. But you know, being a teenager and stuff. But I, but I really do remember because at that time, you know, I was in theater classes at school and stuff. Mm-hmm. So acting was really important to me, and I think especially watching these soliloquies these Mm -hmm. monologues too and uh seeing the truth in acting like just the way that everybody just conveyed everything Mm -hmm. was so authentic like everything is just you know when especially like when william h macy has that meltdown Mm -hmm. in in the bar and everything Mm -hmm. and it's like oh my god and then you see his like it's weird because i feel like everything in this movie it was uh twos Mm -hmm. like everything everything had a doppelganger Mm -hmm. so he was obviously the older version of like that kid kid. and you know and i think that that's why it was so important that that kid stood up for himself you guys all think that i'm a freak because i know all these things and it's like you guys want me to do all this stuff and it's like no i hit my breaking point yeah. and and that's something that william h macy never did and he never got that love that he was willing to give people and yeah oh so yeah, very yeah that whole both of their plot lines to me were it was just such an interesting take also on just like not that 
they were child actors, but like any mm-hmm. kind of either child prodigy or child actor, it felt very show business to me. Like the fact that there was so much cursing on set with the kids. Yeah. I think before I moved out here, I would have been like, oh, they're doing that to be heightened for effect. I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. It's terrible that children are in this fucking industry. Are you kidding me? It's the worst, actually. And it was interesting to watch the more grown up version of the Mm -hmm. boy and like how he turned out. And exactly, you know, uh, even though it wasn't the same character, but you're right. They were mirroring each other. Mm -hmm. Ghost of Christmas future and past, if you will. That was just such a well done, almost subtle and yet very overt, too. Right, exactly. It was yeah. kind of crazy, like the way the the way they handled that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, especially since like this is just one kid who mm-hmm. was thrust into the limelight and and show and 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 shown all over TV and everything, and then yeah, and just have that yanked out. Uh, pretty much, you know. I, I and then had that. the stage parent. Yeah, stage parents yeah. and everything. And, you know, William H. Macy's ca- uh, character got his money stolen by his parents. You kind of see that cycle, I guess. Because like, the dad was even an actor because he kept talking yeah. about dropping him off. Like, I have Going an audition. audition. It's an important audition. And so many parents put their kids in acting because they're trying to live vicariously through their kids. Right. Or they steal their kids' money. And that's why they exactly. have the Coogan Law. That's so you know? awesome, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that they have but that. But what's because... fucked up about that is it only exists in California, New York, and maybe a few other states, mm. and there's this whole crisis that's happening right now with everything from reality TV to YouTube family vlogging where these kids are being expo- exploited on mm-hmm. like TLC reality shows and, of course, the family vlog channels. And there is... like If, if that family lives in Arkansas, which the Duggars 19 kids and counting do Mm -hmm. there is no provisions for those kids to have a trust fund when they're 18 despite that they were literally in some cases born on television and grew up on television yeah because the law is not federal it's state by state and there's a crisis happening right now because people are kind of waking up to how unethical it is to have your kids milestones be exploited for youtube yeah you know i hate i will say definitely i hate those child like or those family blogs i Same. hate them they creep them so much. me out i also so much. like right yeah it does it's because that kid can't consent like Mm-mm. that's that's my biggest problem with yes. that is like kids cannot consent to those things if nope. their parents are just doing all these filmings and it's like I, I, I really do hate it. And most, and you know, there's sometimes where it just looks like they're not into it and it's not cool. I, I hate to see that, especially now having, you know, nieces and nephews. Yeah. And it's uh, awful because yeah, so the parents usually, if they had good intentions to start, they often lose perspective. Like mm-hmm. we'll give benefit of the doubt, best case scenarios. I think most yeah. are kind of monsters to begin with, but that's a different rabbit hole. But it, it because there was even a case of um, a family vlogger, she coined it, rehomed her adopted son. This was I like in the pandemic. That. Yeah, I... she had, he had special needs. He was from China. And she. what was even more, not even more sickening, but what continued to make it sickening, I guess, was that she and her husband did like a fundraiser in order to like go get the child. It was like, I'm not remembering it perfectly, wow. but I remember for whenever they reached a certain level of donations, a new puzzle piece would appear and it would start to show his face. 
okay and yeah. so people would know who they're adopting and i'm like that's so creepy that's and bizarre. exploitative and just yeah. why do people indulge this like that's the thing that scares me also the me fact too. that so many people are into this like any part of shallow end of culture if mm-hmm. you will like how many people really not just on a rainy saturday afternoon like watching trash tv or trash youtube mm-hmm. but like are actually invested yeah it's and bizarre they they follow it and enough to give them money you know and yeah it's it's such a strange thing and there's another one called the ace family oh, they're yeah. pieces of shit too mm. and i i just heard like i've just seen like exposés on a lot of these mm. there's one that does like the toy review ryan's toy review or mm. something and he had been doing it since he was a kid but like it became a thing where he was just like, I want to stop doing this. And then there was one where there were siblings and one of them just didn't want to do it anymore. They yeah. were like, I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm like a straight up teenager. Oh, wow. I'm not going to be doing this. Uh, this. So they like had like a falling out because of that it's such a young age because he didn't want to do it. And it's like, yeah, oh, it's I, so messed I, up. I hope that these kids like really put their foot down like the kid, you know, in this movie. And sometimes they, it's hard. It's hard for them to well, do it doesn't that. always work too, especially when he went up. I was like holding my breath when he went up to his dad who was sleeping and said, you have to treat me nicer because yeah. emotionally, abusive parents yeah. don't take well to criticism yeah and, and it was mild what he did he didn't really acknowledge it but it was just like go back mm-hmm. to bed but i don't know after the credits rolled he could have gotten a tongue lashing in the morning i'm not convinced he didn't it's right. it's hard kids have no agency that's what yeah. sucks if they have crappy parents like exactly. what are they supposed to do they're stuck they're prisoners essentially yeah right and then even just like learning about tom cruise's character's mm-hmm. past you know he's such a piece of shit when mm-hmm. you watch this movie you're like what a piece of shit but then you're like oh this he it went did... through something awful and he did had to do it alone and it's like crazy yeah because it wasn't just the death of a mater- of his mom at a young age 14 mm-hmm. that's not a great age to lose a parent yeah. he was already abandoned by his dad mm-hmm. that's double jeopardy you know like yeah Things, and not to say that everybody turns into this character that yeah. goes through that. But again, like you don't know how trauma is going to like manifest. And sometimes when people are grade A douchebags, I look, you don't have to feel bad for them, but it d- probably didn't happen in a vacuum. Exactly. You know, you can decide how much you care about. Nothing, nothing happens out of nowhere. Yeah, I truly think that. He had to just be so far out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to just you know get the dopamine to get that out of his mind yeah. and stuff and it's and it like sucks to think about that yeah but people. again it's about losing perspective he probably mm. felt so powerless when he was young yeah figured out a gimmick to make money and mm-hmm. feel powerful yeah. over women over his clients like whatever mm-hmm. and then it becomes a runaway train when people you know lose yeah. perspective yeah exactly i mean because there's plenty of people that i know and this is like a dumb thing, but like smoking. Like mm-hmm. I remember I had a friend, his mom used to smoke and he used to hate it. He was like, oh my God, she just smokes mm. all. She just sits out there and smokes all day. Mm-hmm. And she would, t- he would talk. But then like by the time we were in high school, we couldn't go to a movie without 
him going to smoke yeah. and i was like wow we grew up from like little kids and yeah. i was like well it's just kind of crazy what you take f- you know the negative things that you do take from your parents yeah you know realize that you mirror it you mimic mm-hmm. it it's it's a lot to unpack it's pretty crazy to me that people like something that's been kind of grinding my gears a little bit lately and why I've, i'm just not as into the internet these days are, are people love to make everyone be either a goddess or god like this is my favorite celebrity this is my favorite show my favorite band whatever it may or may not be mm-hmm. and then the second they do something wrong whether it's really big or kind of small they you know fall from grace and people mm-hmm. love to tar and feather people yeah. and a lot of people get really holier than thou and they're like um exactly like i can't believe that they were dumb enough to marry that person or i can't believe that they were dumb enough to do drugs or i can't whatever it whatever it may or may not be mm-hmm. and it's like who's in your life don't you know people in your life who marry the wrong person or do drugs or have mental health issues like it it's really bizarre to me that people, yes, we know things are bad for us. We know some people are bad for us, but it, it is a dopamine hit that we can get addicted to and we can't see the forest through the trees. That's mm-hmm. an all too human trait. That's not yeah. good or bad in terms of like up to us to judge. Exactly. That's yeah. for us to look for a context because it's not excusing bad behavior. It's trying to contextualize it. So then maybe because if you hear something's bad, that's not enough for the human brain not to do it but if you can break down why it's bad or what why it happens that does take the power out of it and people might make different decisions right that's, that's my ted true. talk i don't know but it's just people it really mix up forgiving bad behavior or excusing it mm-hmm. versus like trying to understand it yeah and i do think that that's where kind of the honesty especially in this movie mm-hmm. kind of comes in and that one song that everybody sings yeah it's called wise up Mm -hmm. and i still i think i liked that song before the movie came out Mm. so it was like independent of that and i want to say that when we watched this movie we probably had tickets to go see a different movie and then we went to that um which was like oh cool (laughs) (laughs) it was probably like freddie got fingered or something but um i i really do think that yeah when in in this movie like like you're saying it when when people were being deceptive mm-hmm. like that's when you know that's where all these ha- things go haywire mm-hmm. and stuff and some of it had already with claudia and stuff yeah. like that like that had already happened years ago stuff that happened with um uh william h you know mm-hmm. all those things that happened before but those people are doing it you know sometimes whatever it takes to make you see the light and make you wise up it's like yeah you have to hit that bottom i guess you know you have to really hit that yeah or like something yeah Yeah. something has to be a catalyst for change Mm -hmm. yeah yeah some people never learn yep that's true too and i think that that's true one thing i will say about this movie though i wish that there's a little bit stronger connection between all these stories yeah there was a few throwaway things where i got the impression that the guy who was dying owned the network or studio of the game show there was some there was some thread because mm-hmm. at the end it said it was like the guy's name i'm forgetting the guy's name offhand oh but, yeah um, Par- um partridge. partridge yeah it was a partridge yeah. production and that Roll wasn't partridge. the character that was the 
the game show host. That yeah. was the guy that Tom Cruise's dad. So, yeah. um, but it was subtle. Yeah, I agree. Because Boogie Nights worked for me because they all knew each other, but they mm-hmm. all had their different plot lines. Mm-hmm. This was a little disconnected. Right. For sure. And I'm pretty certain. And this is like going again, like talking about like Stanley Kubrick and stuff where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but this person knew. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay. But if I had to go through all that, then it wasn't. Yeah. Like just watching a movie in a vacuum and not having the internet to look it up. Right, because this right. was before the internet. You know, because I, I did look up a few things and I was like, okay, there were like these connections where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you know, the kid that stole the gun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's that connection. And yeah, I I feel like there's probably like a one of those, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Red yarn yeah like theories out there of how everything connects and um but i i I do wish that it was like stronger but i but like i said i feel like everybody had like a doppelganger in it and yeah you know these things are like generational yeah it's not going to stop until you wise up yeah good job amy man yeah which is why i really like the wife of philip philip baker Mm -hmm. she always forget his last name um hoffman or no, is it, no, they're not both Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, no, but the other one, Philip Baker. Baker something. Something. I always yeah, forget. I know. That was confusing my brain the entire time because they almost have, they have somewhat similar yeah. names. Um, But like, she actually did not stand by her man, mm-hmm. even though yeah. he was dying. That's hard for a lot of that women is. to do. A lot of women take the side of their husband, even mm-hmm. against their children, which is awful. Yeah. But, like, she, I don't know when she suspected stuff. I don't know. There's some context missing there. And I I don't want to give her, you know, too many applause because it sounds like she kind of knew. But she did eventually wise up and Mm -hmm. was like, no, really, what did you do? Right. Is there a reason why Claudia doesn't like you? And she left. And I think especially in the 90s, you know, because they they would have gotten together, what, in, like, the 60s -hmm. or something? like. That was not the mantra of that generation and that time period, you know, like that was kind of ballsy and he's dying. She she could have been guilted into staying. Absolutely. And I think so. And I think you're right. I think she probably had an inkling about it. And, you know, it's not until something tragic like that happens where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm allowed to ask these questions since you're in this like mood to share. Yeah. He's admitting to infidelity. But that's the, the, but that is, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, people want to, people tell themselves so much, Mm -hmm. you know, in some ways and, and, but some people won't like push that or whatever, I guess, like take everything at face value. Oh, I don't want to pry into that. And, you know, we, we do see what happens when somebody pries with, uh, you know, Tom Cruise went with that reporter great like yeah when you start digging into it it's like okay those now you could start healing you know yeah that was such an interesting scene too i i did love that line when she's like what are you doing or what are you thinking and he was just mm-hmm. looking at her with so much intensity yeah. but a quiet intensity yeah and was like i'm silently judging you <laughs> i was like <Yeah>. ooh, <laughs> i know that was weirdly well done that yeah that hit for me a little bit i was like 
Because I didn't think that that's what he was going to say. Yeah, I didn't think that either. So yeah. I was like, wow. Mm. But you kind of just see within that interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to say, like, I think Tom Cruise, like, kind of killed that. No, like, he did he, a good job of the wheels turning. Yeah. With everything, every piece of information he got. It was the most present I think I've seen him. Yeah personally um, be right i definitely i like him as lestat to be honest but but this one's definitely more mm-hmm. real i guess yeah that, that's a good um, way to put it i agree i'm found out and like what do i do you know he doesn't know what to do he's not confronted like that Mm-mm. you know from day to day and it you know um but i do but i do think that that's interesting because you think you find out his backstory but you know people always people always make tales about themselves and stuff and i think that it was really interesting that that was one of the like those were big tenants in his in in his presentation or his seminar or whatever where he was talking about create a tragedy oh that's right this is why i want to see it a second time yeah yeah yeah. because it was like manufacture a Mm -hmm. tragedy and it was weird because like when he got to the point where he was like oh do you know be not you know fake being nice fake being nice but you kind of see his facade his you know 14 year old self like his manly facade falling apart and his boyish Mm -hmm. you know the inner child's coming out yeah Yeah. and you see that and it's like wow that's it's pretty yeah pretty good yeah he should play creepy motivational speakers all the time that mm-hmm. get bad news because that was the other thing too not only did he get found out but then he gets this life-changing news that his mm-hmm. dad's dying and then he gets on stage like that's that's hard for any actor to do actually mm-hmm. but yeah he yeah. he nailed it yeah he did a great he did a great job yeah apparently the studio wanted him on the poster interesting and paul thomas anderson was like uh-uh because it's an ensemble piece, which yes. I think was the right call. And honestly, Tom Cruise may have been the best in, which is weird because I don't usually mm-hmm. rank him higher than these other actors that are in mm-hmm. it. But like, he had a very memorable. Perf- we, we keep going back to him. Yeah. That says something, do you know? Right. But like, I I do appreciate that it was an ensemble piece. But I think it's so interesting because he was like a movie star. Yeah. Where the rest are at this time, it's not that they're not movie stars, but they're not, they're Joy, more actors, right. like true blue actors who happen to be in movies that are known. But Tom yeah. Cruise was like blockbuster movie star type. Oh, you yeah. Know? He had already, I mean, he had been in Top Gun like, thir- you know, yeah. 15 years ago. He's coming off of Jerry Maguire. You an know, interview like with a vampire. vampire and, yeah. yeah. like So he's doing great at this point. So, yeah. Um, I'm wondering if he I don't know if he was nominated for a, for an Academy Award. I don't think yeah. so though. Oh, he was best supporting actor. He won. He won. Um, he was nominated. Okay. He was yeah, he was nominated in that and then also I think it was nominated for it didn't win but uh best a uh, best screenplay. Mhm. Written for the screen and um uh, oh, there's one win. Oh, I think Tom Cruise won a cop award circuit community awards. I don't know what that is. Ooh la la. <laughs> wow. Um, Whoa, I didn't know we had a circuit award winner or whatever that is. Yeah, I have no idea what that Ooh. is. Oh, but you know what? I wish that they would have this. Mm. I'll make fun of this award circuit community awards again. 
What does that mean? Uh, uh, anyways, mm-hmm. there is a category for best cast ensemble, and I wish that they had that. I they did. did is that a thing for the Golden Globes? I think it is, but maybe for, but what? not for. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of bones to pick with the award shows because there's so much that goes into making movies, and we only kind of reward certain genres. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think not just ensemble, but I think in some cases there should be best duos too. Yeah, I do because like there's that. so many movies where there's kind of two lead actors or actresses. Well, I think Philadelphia. I, yeah, you know, I right. That, that would be great. a great example. That should have been nominated for best duo in a film. Because mm-hmm. exactly. sometimes you 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 can be a great actor, but you need a partner to act off of. Right. You know, yeah. and that can create something it's like tennis you play to the level you're playing it can sharpen Mm -hmm. everyone so ensemble and like duos i think should be categories plus comedy but i've already gone on that tangent on this podcast before but i mean like yeah yeah, there needs to be different categories i might start watching the academy awards and not just reading about it on google (laughs) right i know i i stopped i think i stopped watching basically any award ceremony after um like I said, after Radiohead didn't win against uh, Steely Dan in, 19, in 2000 or something, <laughs> I still, I cannot believe that Steely Dan won over. But like ever since yeah. then, I was just like, yeah, I, like, I've always not liked them in general. Kind of I don't boring. Think, I don't think they're boring and I don't think art should be judged. But That um, too. And then half the time, the art I like isn't even in half of these yeah. Whatever, whether we're talking about the MTV Movie Awards or the Emmys or whatever, mm-hmm. I, half of it I don't give a crap about. Yeah. I mean, it's all about like a dumb perspective that, you know, that usually it doesn't. I mean, I think about like all my favorite movies and I don't think any of them have won the kind of reward. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I guess I don't take stock in that. But anyways, uh, going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to get an, I, 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 I give him an Academy Award for an ensemble. Yeah. You know, and the directing was really good. I mm-hmm. like the cinematography. Yeah. Of course. Like it's just always top notch. And it's funny because like I feel like after this, because I actually... I want to... Okay. So, Punch Drunk Love, I think, is like an hour and a half. Maybe even short. Like, wow. I remember it being short. Maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe I was bracing mm-hmm. because it was the movie I, I saw after Magnolia. So, mm-hmm. it was like... I was bracing for a three-hour long movie, but I think it was mm-hmm. way shorter than that. But, like, stylistically, I think he even excels after this. Like, I think yeah. he even... Yeah, gets... Uh, even more creative and that's cool know, and beautiful yeah yeah a lot of wonders a lot of interesting mm-hmm. shadowed angles and mm-hmm. partial body parts while someone's talking in frame yeah you know it was pretty interesting and I, and I thought it was interesting that it wasn't it was a very visual movie it didn't really the words didn't matter as much mm-hmm. and i and in some cases uh, and then they turned off the music at a certain point. And, like, I kind of liked that where it was, life is just loud. And I find that pretty interesting. What do you think of John C. Riley's character? That was, like, a little bit of a different note than I'm used to him yeah. being. Well, he was, yeah, he was very sincere. Yeah, like, earnest. Remark, yeah, not playing for a lot. Even though I found him funny. I like, think he is just funny. Yeah. Like, I think he can't help it. There's just something about his container and delivery that is so charming it's funny like there's something 
yeah he's so fucking he's such he, a specific breed <laughs> yeah because he really was kind of like he was doing a lot of things off duty you know mm-hmm. while he was off duty he didn't have to like do all the stuff but yeah he was a weirdly good cop who was also kind of a bad cop yeah because at one point i turned to him like he's not that good of a cop because like i mean Jeez. he liked claudia but she was clearly tweaking but that's what's interesting about that mm-hmm. is you know sometimes those people those are the people who will bend the rules the most you know well for i the person loved that they really like i loved how because the whole movie i was like loving it because I love John C. Riley so much. Mm-hmm. But the whole time my brain was like, who the hell is this character? Like, I couldn't figure out, is he an idiot? Or is he like Francis McDermott in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Fargo? Or like, just earnestly good at the job? Like, I couldn't quite mm-hmm. figure it out. And then his monologue at the end talking about, you know, it's a judgment call. It's not my place mm-hmm. to judge. Yeah. But I do have to make a judgment call about if someone needs to go to jail mm-hmm. or be forgiven. Right, exactly. And I'm like... Oh, I think people would like cops way more if like everybody had that heart and head mm-hmm. aspect of yeah. Because so many people and look, I'm not even gonna get super political. We're not gonna go into like all the nitty gritty prejudice systems that is the police force. But like everybody, no matter who you are, has a story. Whether it's about a parking ticket, mm-hmm. whether it's about like uh, a speeding ticket, like whatever. Where the cops hassle you and you're just a person living your life and yeah you maybe you messed up but it maybe wasn't your fault maybe you got held up in a meeting and you couldn't pay the meter exactly. maybe you were rushing because you were late and so stressed and that doesn't mean you should speed but it happens to the best of us and someone will just rail down on us like mm-hmm. a cop that like makes it right. worse it's nice when a cop is nice and yeah. sees that you're just a human doing your best yeah exactly and what what's interesting about that you know, I know it's not the same thing, but like judges are like mm-hmm. that. I've been to plenty of, you know, courts. I mean, not a lot, but like, you know, some. Mm-hmm. And where a a judge will just be like, it's fine. Like, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't a bad thing. You're not a bad person. And um, that's why I do think that it's interesting that I like that interaction mm-hmm. uh, him and william h macy yeah because william h macy is not a bad person but you know like he was saying he's like i have all this love and i have no mm-hmm. i don't know where to put it and it's like you know i think especially john c Riley's character oh yeah i completely understand that i mean because you even yeah. hear I, I i forgot about this part but he was um doing like dating Mm-hmm. like i think back then i think it was like dating videos or whatever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff and he's talking about himself and kind of hear that like desperation just <laughs> like yeah just that desperation and stuff and you know he probably was like oh yeah i understand that we'll put the money back it's fine yeah everything will be fine and i i find that i because i i I've, i do remember him being a cop and mm-hmm. his Oakley sunglasses. That was very oh, funny. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so 90s. Yeah, so 90s. And, like, I remember liking him in the movie. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I liked a cop. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Because I think I think ultimately for him, it's not even a job in general. It's just his life, like, getting... It's his calling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was even in the... 
in the movie he was like these things happen like about the frogs and stuff i think everybody else was like this is unbelievable what the fuck's going on like he was the only person who was like these things happen well yeah when you've seen a lot of things on the Mm -hmm. force things become less shocking or yeah yeah right exactly a lot of things kind of lead to so many different places that you just don't expect Mm -hmm. like it was a real long shot that philip seymour hoffman's character would get in touch with tom cruise's character like that's insane i loved how hard he tried i don't know enough people that would do that whether it's (laughs) for a friend or for a profession like i really don't know a lot of people that are kind of hyper vigilant in like trying to do the right thing if you will or help someone out yeah and he ordered those porno magazines so he could which w- i didn't see that coming i just thought because he flipped through it was such a good misdirect because he's flipping through the channels mm-hmm. and he finds the skinamax or whatever yeah. the soft porn and i just thought he got turned on and wanted some playboy that's what i thought too and i loved that scene so much because like so, yeah uh do you have playboy yeah I'll, I'll take one of those and then it was so casual yeah. like the way uh, yeah i'll take one of those too and, and you wouldn't have a hustler would you and y- yeah, yeah yeah and then i loved how the woman on the line was like uh do you still want the cigarettes and bread and he's mm-hmm. like oh yeah because it almost it felt like she was like, oh, he was just he trying was just, to sound normal mm-hmm. and didn't just want to order nudie magazines. And nope, yeah. nope, he did. And then I didn't realize until he was looking at the advertisements that that's what he yeah. was doing. I was like, oh, that's so smart. I know. Yeah. Really good writing. That's where, like, yeah. you know, that that P.T. Anderson brain comes in. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, Yeah. It makes me so sad that Philip Seymour Hoffman's not around. It, it makes There's me a lot so of dead sad. people in this movie. Yeah. It was kind of sad. Like you were saying about Phil Philip Baker, Baker Hoffman. We'll call him Philip Baker Hoffman. Okay, that's yeah. what he is now. Yeah, he died uh, in recent years. Yeah. I, I first knew him from the show Everwood, um, but he's obviously a prolific actor that was known for other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I'll, I'll probably think about it. I'm probably going to watch like a video essay on it too. Yeah, like, I might do because who knows what we missed. Send me right. if you beat me to the punch. Send me a link. <laughs> but I really liked it. It was a, a real tour de force, especially of acting. Like, I think that this is a great movie for people who are, you know, want to get into acting. I think that this really does explain the er, every actor on here was just so real and kind of. Well, they were all present. Yeah, they're all present. They weren't trying to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. You know, like Julianne Moore in the pharmacy. She's nervous. She thinks they're on to her. But she's not completely freaking out like she's keeping yeah. it together until she doesn't yeah and then she, yeah i remember that was my favorite part when i i mean that's probably my favorite part now even but like when i remember when i watched mm-hmm. it that was my favorite part i yeah. i just loved that freak out she just did such a good like, well it was so human yeah exactly like i've literally seen someone in a cvs in van nuys mm-hmm. get handcuffed I, did, I I missed the prequel mm. as to what was going on, but she kept screaming that like, no, really, Jay-Z is her uncle and, and she knows all these people. Do you know who? He, I mean, she was, mm-hmm. you know, having a psychotic break, if not sure. drug induced or otherwise. Like I've seen people freak out, I guess is what I'm trying to say in pharmacies. And mm-hmm. it can be very wild and big. But I think a lot of the times if someone's making a judgment call for the medications you're getting, 
you feel your humanity stripped. Yeah. And I think with both the writing and the acting, she that really was so pitch perfect because like that's what she was speaking to it wasn't indignant it wasn't you know um delusions of grandeur like you know Mm -hmm. like she wasn't trying to be a hollywood high roller you know like type thing it was just kind of like um you know you don't know me you don't know what i'm going yeah and i think that that was in a lot of these performances there are a bunch of you know things doing yes and you could see that's a good word it bubble over mm-hmm. in these certain instances but it's always doing it's always doing there because she and, freaked out but she wasn't screaming either it was yeah. more an intense yeah tearful thing which you know uh, in the wrong hands someone could have been a really large actress about it and been right. like uh you don't know me and, blah, blah, blah. and yeah. it's like yeah no i I remember when I watched it the first time, I remember thinking that I was, I was like, oh, this isn't like, yeah, 1930s vaudeville. Nope. It is nope. definitely more realistic. And, and even when she says like, suck my dick, mm-hmm. like, I think that's, that's so funny because I know she, she just didn't know what to say. Yeah. Like, and she just said the first thing. You know, because in in a lot of these cases, especially now with people having so many cell phones, like people freaking mm-hmm. out and stuff, people just don't, they're right, but they don't know what, or not, I mean, they're not right usually actually, mm-hmm. but like they don't know what to say. They don't know how to like. It's well, they're just, triggered, I think, you sure, know, yeah. or something and, and they're letting crazy town yeah. express run away. And they're just spewing it out and, you know, and that's what, that's what happens. Uh, in a lot of those cases yeah just really good really yeah. good good stuff i really like that line in the i wish i remember the character or actor's name but the guy who was dying the whole time jason robards thank you yeah. uh he you know when he's giving that monologue and stuff mm-hmm. he was like life isn't short it's long yeah i was like ooh. yeah because that's something i've been i've been feeling like and i think a lot of people feel this way i don't think i'm special the pandemic has obviously messed up all of our sense of time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I even saw a friend of mine tweet that he's like, I still think I'm the age I was going into the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, have, I haven't heard that, but that's relatable. No one knows if like 2013 was like <clears throat> 10 years ago or three years ago. Like everyone's just yeah. screwed up. But like I've been also just sitting on and some of it's pandemic related. Some of it's just my own personal journey, I guess. But it's like. God, life is going faster, but also it's been a long fucking time. Yeah. And while well, you start, yeah, you're like, well, because you're like, you see these milestones mm-hmm. and, and I think that's interesting to and you get fatigued out, right. you know, and mm-hmm. part of me wants decades more and a part of me is like, oh goodness gracious, like, ugh, life is long. If it's more of what I've had before, I don't know. I don't know how much I fucking care. So I know that's dark, but it's just like. I don't know. Life is short and long. It's kind of both. It's not exactly what he said, but it was nice to hear someone be like, oh, life's kind of long too. Yeah, exactly. I do think that you're not a statement that doesn't, it's not said very often. Especially on someone's deathbed. Yeah. Right? Because everyone's like, hug your children. Life is short. Tell your loved ones, which I'm not snarking on it as much as my tone of voice sounded like it just did. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's like, I'm more making fun of the trope than the sentiment. But sometimes, I mean, it's interesting. There's a hospice nurse that I follow on TikTok 
And sometimes she gets a little woo-woo for my taste. You know, like, I don't know if I really believe you see dead relatives or whatever before you die, but a lot of people that work in this field say that they see things, people, you know, reference people, whatever, repeatedly. But occasionally, the reason why I follow her is, uh, I mean, those stories are interesting either way, but she also talks about how... um, people sometimes give advice based on the life they've lived and it's not always the chipper hallmark card (laughs) nonsense Mm -hmm. that we think it is and it's just you know yeah exactly yeah Yeah. it's pretty interesting and oh but i also like that he said it's it's crap to not have regrets too i forgot that that was a part of it too oh yeah he was just like no you should regret 100% regret thing that's why I always disagreed with because there's a fair amount of that in like uh, Nietzsche Mm -hmm. and like hedonism and stuff like that where it's like oh you shouldn't regret and I do get how freeing that sounds but my goodness it can be sociopathic exactly that's what I was gonna say yeah well because also within that philosophy there should be no shame I mean that's yeah I think that's more what they are talking about you shouldn't have shame shame holds people back and I'm like, no, I think you should have a certain amount of shame. I'm so sorry. Yes. But not everything is okay. And especially when it's done to others, you know? Well, yeah, because it's like life is never just about you. It's kind of like those people where it's like, take it or leave it. This is who I am. I'm unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that a good thing, though? Yeah. Like, yes, you should be more honest or transparent. But, like, you have to read the room sometimes. Right. And you can't just indulge uh whatever you want on a whim not knowing how it's going to impact someone or not caring and you should maybe not even have regret but have remorse because even if it made you some something terrible that you did even if it made you a better person which is valid and happens someone it could have been at the expense of someone else's feelings or journey or whatever you always have to be mindful of that or you're a sociopath or narcissist i'm sorry Mm -hmm. but yes no and especially when it when it comes to these relationships that people have mm-hmm. and it you start you start seeing how predatory it is or whatever yeah. and it, if if you're not actively thinking about your every move sorry mm-hmm. but you should but like if you're not thinking about how your actions affect other people you'll never get to that to the point where you don't need those guardrails anymore yeah you know and i i think that that's like an issue that a lot of people have is like oh i do this bad thing but i'm also a good okay sure oh i like not all people that do bad things are bad people sure 100 percent. good people do bad stuff all the time yeah exactly but you're not gonna learn you're not gonna learn if you don't feel bad about it you know yeah or you're gonna take it a bridge too far and again lose perspective right Mm because i think a lot of people have that with online dating culture right yes where they're kind of like whether they're just swiping and entertaining conversations or whether they're actually meeting people it doesn't and i'm talking all genders all sexualities like this is inclusive af Mm. we all suck sometimes guys but it's like people love to use like they'll be new out of a relationship and go on online dating and like waste people's time mm-hmm. 
because they won't be clear about the fact that they're not looking for something serious. Right. They just yeah. want the ego boost that someone wants them or people use it as like practice dates until the real thing comes along. Like there's a lot of mm. weird mentalities that come with that cesspool. And it's the more I hear people talk about how and why they online date, even some friends of mine, I'm like, oh, that's not healthy. That's yeah. actually incredibly self-serving. Like, yes, you're the main character of your own life, but like, and yes, you need to do what you need to mm-hmm. do to feel normal, but at other people's expense, yeah. though? It's like, get 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 an AI bot and talk to that then. Or, right. or whatever. Like, right. I've, I've always... I've never, that's, I think that's why I'm so, I, I'm glad you're saying that because I think that's why I'm so, I, I got off of all of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of the reason why is because it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of data now too talking about how online dating is not only just unhealthy, but it's not even productive. Like, yes, everyone knows someone that got married because they were on some dating site, but that's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Like that's become more normalized because yeah. most people are having a miserable time and not making real connections, if not getting used. Mm-hmm. I'm on a Facebook group that I've been in for a while, and it's just interesting because people will post someone that they're looking to meet because women are bad too, but men, you know, yeah. are kind of worse. To, and to as an, we've seen in this movie, yeah, too. And yeah, it, it, they, they all want to be like this Tom Cruise character. Uh, not all, but, you know, a lot. More than I'd like, more than I'm comfortable with, mm-hmm. I think, have a closer mentality or at least sense of entitlement if nothing else or lack of accountability and you see people that and they're like asking does anyone have any tea on this guy because it's a safety thing to an extent Mm -hmm. and usually no comments come in it's usually very boring yeah sometimes it's like 70 comments deep where it's like oh that guy it can be anything from they're married to they have a fake name to they have some weird angle that they're who knows mm-hmm. what, you know, and it's like, doesn't matter if I'm single or in a relationship. This is my little morning tea that I like to yeah. look through because occasionally I see people that I know who are problematic. There's people who are problematic that we've talked about in mm-hmm. our own life that, you know, Pop in the up, comedy yeah. community. And, you know, it's like, ooh, this is fun. They're getting dinged for actual bad stuff they've done. Yeah. And just at least those consequences. And I think that's that is interesting because like even like John C. Riley's character, you know, mm-hmm. when he you deal with those consequences and how you deal with the consequences, the fallout of your behavior. Yeah. That just shows your true character. And like once you get past that, I think that's where like the, you know, alternative to no regret or no shame should be. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully those guys wise up because they're gonna end up you know alone and well that's the other part of it too more women are choosing to be single because they're sick of dealing with the cesspool that's dating and Mm -hmm. more men are single and not sure why there's been studies on both of them in the past year and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a mess like how we date honestly the whole dating system's a mess if you ask me but that's a different ted talk that i'm sure another movie will prompt Mm -hmm. that so we don't have to go into that but all right well i guess that does it for magnolia we had two second time offenders offenders is a good thing in this podcast um 
We might go rogue. Usually we announce what we're going to watch next week, but uh, I think we're shuffling a few things around. So Mm -hmm. it might be First Wives Club. It might be Dazed and Confused. It might be Crazy Rich Asians. It might be The Graduate. Did I miss any of the other contenders? No, those were all of them. Oh, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. We also, we are going to watch that. uh, Just depending on what's on streaming and what we have time for. We've had some scheduling snafus lately. So stick around for all the weeks because that's what we're watching mm-hmm. relatively coming yeah. up. It'll be a surprise what we do next because I don't think we, I don't think we know us, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Lauren Blair Donovan. Feel free to stalk me on all social media at Blairsaurus Rex. And I'm Clark Knez. Uh You can follow me at uh, Other Clarksy on the internet. And this is Let's Finally Watch It. Please subscribe, comment, all the things. And we're also on YouTube and TikTok at Let's Finally Watch It. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Woo. Marathon day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> One movie, marathon day. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right. Well, bye. bye